0: Welcome to the Congressional of the Nederlandse Zijsheid van Hematologie. In this podcast series, we bring together with opinieleiders the highlights of internationale medische congresses direct to your spreekkamer. With me today is Dr. Serge Vestovstek of the MD Anderson Cancer Center to discuss his research, presented at ASH 2020. Could you first tell us something about the drug memoletinib? How does this agent work and why is it of particular interest in patients with myelofibrosis?
1: Mometanib is a potent inhibitor of Jack one and Jack two tyrosine kinases, as we know for many years. But uh, recently, we also learned about its unique ability to uh, inhibit another factor, ACVR one. This is the kinases R enzyme which plays a role in uh, iron homeostasis, basically. What it does of importance for us today for discussion is decreases the hepcidin, one of the factors in iron metabolism, and with that, it improves the iron availability for erythropoiesis. With that additional effect, in addition to being JAK1 and JAK2 inhibitor, that would be decreasing proliferation and inflammation in the body of the patient. With inhibition of ACVR1, it potentially can improve the red blood cells and improve the anemia which is a major problem in patients with myelofibrosis as we all know.
0: The potential of momelotinib in patients with intermediate or high-risk myelofibrosis was evaluated in the Phase 3 Simplify 1 and 2 trials. Could you briefly talk us through the design of these two studies and what results these studies generated in the past?
1: You are correct. Momelotinib uh, was studied in two Phase 3 studies already. The Simplify 1 study was a randomized study comparing momelotinib to ruxolitinib. Ruxolitinib is a standard practice JAK inhibitor that has been around for quite some time in Europe and in the United States as a benchmark for patients with myelofibrosis that need to control the general systemic symptoms and symptomatic splenomegaly. And the phase three study simplified one study compared momelotinib to ruxolitinib in JAK inhibitor-naive patients. In this setting, There was equal control of the splenomegaly, but there was somewhat less, significantly less control of the systemic symptoms, and therefore the study was actually a failure. However, the number three factor in the analysis of the benefits in that study was anemia benefit. And based on what we discussed about possible mechanism of action of mamelotinib, in fact, that uh, anemia benefit was evident in the Simplify One study in the JAK2 in- inhibitor naive patients. So there was a good control of the spleen, somewhat less uh, better control of the symptoms, but very good control of anemia. In the other study that uh, we mentioned, it's a simplified two study, momelotinib was compared to best available therapy in about 150 patients that were anemic or thrombocytopenic while being treated with ruxolitinib. So in a sense, this is for patients that were on ruxolitinib and experienced toxicity intolerance, in other words. In this study, which was a randomized study, momelotinib versus best available therapy, best available therapy actually was still ruxolitinib in 90% of the patients. In that study, result was about the same in terms of control of the spleen, which was the primary endpoint. So momelotinib was no better. And therefore, we concluded that this study did not achieve its primary goal but control the symptoms which was secondary goal was better and the third point anemia control was better so unfortunately we through the design of study really didn't appreciate the benefits of the momelotinib and through ad hoc analysis as we are discussing right now we'll learn about these other benefits here with momelotinib which are important because in myelofibrosis we talk about three problems spleen symptoms and the anemia
0: At ASH 2020, you presented long-term outcome data of these two studies. What should be the key take-home message of this analysis?
1: Yeah, so we are now here in a position, because these studies were done some years ago, to see about the durability of these responses. And we are very happy that, yes, momelotinib can control the spleen, can control the symptoms, and can control the anemia to satisfaction, and this is durable. That's the first point. So it can provide to different degree, as we discussed before, all these three benefits and it's durable. However, what is also important is to understand that with the good control of signs and symptoms, you actually get survival benefit. That was seen, and in the United States here, it's actually on the label for use of ruxolitinib because it was seen with ruxolitinib in approvable studies that uh, led to its uh, uh, label that were comfort studies in the past. So we now have here evidence, and I presented this at ASH, that there was a robust survival benefit with momelotinib as well in the front line, as a long-term follow-up of patients on Simplify-1 show us, and in the second line, in intolerant patients on the Simplify-2 studies. This is not trivial benefit. We do not appreciate that with good control signs and symptoms of the disease, we can actually prolong life of the patients first with now the suggestion is very strong from the analysis of a long-term follow-up of Simplify 1 and 2 studies that we have robust survival benefit of mamelotinib as well.
0: And finally, based on these results, where do you think mamelotinib should be put in the treatment algorithm for patients with intermediate or high-risk myelofibrosis?
1: So let's see where we are now. So we talked about Simplify 1 and Simplify 2 trials. Unfortunately, they did not lead to approval of mamelotinib. But we are now fully aware of its benefits, to a different degree, on a spleen symptoms and anemia, and possibility of prolonging life. At the moment, there is ongoing effort to approve mamelotinib in the second-line setting, in ruxolitinib-treated patients that are resistant, ref- refractory, or intolerant, and mamelotinib is being compared in a blinded way, in a phase 3 study to Danazole. It's a study called Momentum Study. So, second-line study compared to Danazol in a blinded way for two benefits. Here we go with the number one. It's anemia, actually. This is unique for this particular drug. So, uh, number one is the uh, anemia and symptoms. We have symptoms and anemia as the leading contenders for possible approval of amelotinib in a cyclone setting. Why is this important? Because the main reason for failing Ruxolitinib is actually anemia, and people don't feel well. So, controlling the symptoms and controlling the anemia may lead to its approval in a second-line setting. But we do need to appreciate its overall benefits, regardless whether it's first line or second line, for the symptoms, for the spleen, and for anemia, and potential for a prolonged life. So I think these long-term benefits in the simplified studies, although did not lead to its approval, will be important for us to appreciate, provided that the momentum study leads to its approval, and that will uh, give us an opportunity pr- to provide additional new medication with all these benefits to our patients in a due time.
0: Dr. Vesovscek, thank you very much for your time and for your expertise.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: We hope that this podcast waardevol voor for you. Check our website and if happen to know, for other interviews in this series.